When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Everything is Black and White podcast, brought to you by Chronicle Live, bringing you the latest insight on everything to do with Newcastle United. You can find us on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, or most podcast providers. Hello and welcome to the latest Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Sean McCormick and I'm joined by Newcastle United Chief Writer Lee Ryder and Newcastle United Writer Kieran Kelly, fresh from Anfield at the weekend, a 3-1 defeat, but... Fairly happy with that, to be fair. Could have been a lot worse. Yeah, I suppose going in the game, we would have accepted not not being hammered, uh, preserving confidence as much as possible. And, you know, a few things to clutch on going in the next game. And I suppose that's what they emerged with in the end. Uh, it, but by, by the end of the game, for me, it was just, it was the same old feeling, you know, 3-1 down, Liverpool fans singing. Newcastle got it on the way losing another game at Anfield so at least it's out of the way now and they can yeah. look forward to, to Brighton yeah yeah exactly I think you're looking at this game the Spurs game the Arsenal game to get anything out of those would be a bonus and obviously they got that amazing win at Spurs and you think the way they start against Liverpool not only the goal but the shape and how they were defending in those early stages you're thinking hang on could they could they push them even closer than they ultimately did but mm. You know, I think the difference was Firmino. You know, he yeah. comes on, and it it was a, a game changer. That old cliche, but he was coming deep into those pockets that Newcastle just couldn't keep up or pick up, and that was the difference. You know, he got two assists. He was he was brilliant without even scoring. You know, so it just shows <coughs> the gulf. You looked at those two benches, how Liverpool um, could turn to internationals to replace the internationals, whereas. Newcastle, you, you turn to Manquillo and Muto to change a game, and, and to be fair to them, that's asking a lot of them with 20, yeah. 20 odd minutes to go. So, yeah, it, it's just the difference in the two teams, but it could have been so much worse. You know, there's a lot of positives to take. Yeah, people are kind of drawing the, the comparisons to Rafa's side against the top six and Steve Bruce's side against the top yeah. six. Not that much difference, really, in terms of the defensive shape, and actually, they had a bit more of a go at Anfield this year than they did last year. Yeah, I mean, that first 27 minutes was, was brilliant. I mean, the sun was out, Newcastle fans were singing, but what up, up, you thought you were beginning to just get in your head, could something different here happen? Could it could it be the, you know, the turning point of all these rotten results down the years? But, you know, Liverpool really, they were rattled by going 1-0 down and then they didn't really get out of setting gear. And still won the game comfortably. Um, but what I did find interesting in the aftermath was Jurgen Klopp's comments about Newcastle and the tactics. And in his eyes, Newcastle was still in the game, you know, going in the last 15 minutes. And, you know, had they pulled one back, it would have probably been a, a nervy finish. And you just never know. But I thought Klopp was very respectful of, of Newcastle. And it was interesting what he was saying, um, you know, certain... You know comments about Joe Linton and you know Newcastle's options. He, he seemed to be, you know, genuinely enthused by what 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 could happen at Newcastle this season. So, 
something maybe to, to clutch onto again. Just touching on that then, Kieran, obviously Liverpool haven't lost there in the Premier League since April 2017. We knew the scale of the task going in there, but you know, Klopp's talking and his comments sound like he knows his team would be actually been in a decent game there. A lot better teams in Newcastle are going to turn up at Anfield this season and get steamrolled. That didn't happen on Saturday. And Could you possibly say Bruce's stock has slightly risen after that? I think the, the Tottenham game, for me, that was one where I, I think you've noticed since then the the murmurs on social media haven't really been there yeah. as much. I think that was a, a reminder of what a Bruce team and his staff, by the way, can can put together um, when their back's against the wall. You remember how terrible they were against Norwich, how yeah. so many mistakes were made, the basics, and they did everything <coughs> so well against Spurs. I think that game for me was one that really showed that Newcastle, under this current management team, can give the big teams a good go. Yes, at Liverpool, I think there are certain aspects to take from it, but you know, you go into those games just you. It's a bonus you get anything out of them. I think the the real test for Bruce going forward is getting points off the teams in and around them because that's what's going to decide where they finish this season. Um, we saw against Watford how that wasn't straightforward because they had a rocky start. Yeah. Uh, they can't afford that against Brighton. You're looking beyond that. They have Leicester and Man United before the international break. Again, games you might say are, are kind of bonus to get much from Brighton at home. That's the bread and butter games they have to win now, isn't it? Definitely, we'll touch on that a bit later, but I just wanted to ask you Lee, about Jetro Villains because he's had a bit of a shaky start to life at Newcastle. The first game we all know, the hoo-ha around the Steve Bruce substitution about that, we won't dwell on that too much, but he took his goal brilliantly on Saturday and that probably showed the best side of the player who you know has been around for a long time now and big things were expected of him back in the day. Yeah, I mean, he was the, the <clears throat> big talent coming out of Holland, wasn't yeah. he? And, you know, tipped to win many... You know Dutch caps. Uh, you know he's. Had, I mean he hasn't been played a bad standard. He's been on loan in Frankfurt in the yeah. Bundesliga, so good, really good standard over there. Um, Newcastle got him on loan. It's a low risk option, um, but if he can continue producing things like that, and you know frightening defenses in that way, then uh, it it can only bode well. And with Matt Ritchie being out injured at the minute, it's a perfect option. It's a big chance for him to, to stake his claim, Kieran, as Lee said there. Matt Ritchie's out for a, for a bit of time with an injury. Um, clearly, there is some defensive deficiencies there, but I suppose the op- that, that with the formation that Newcastle are playing, he, he, it's, it's vital that he provides that attacking threat down the left-hand side. Yeah, exactly. It's it's natural <coughs> with, you know, he plays like a winger sometimes, and I think you're seeing the benefit of him having a run in the team, how much more settled he looks compared to three, four weeks ago. Um, and the thing is Richie Bruce says is, is not too far away which is remarkable given the damage ankle ligaments against Leicester so I think having Willems in that kind of form eventually from the bench is a real bonus as well because that's a potential someone who could come in and change a game you know one way or the other but yeah I think it was a, a reminder of what he can bring to the table because I think Newcastle fans maybe were we're wondering after the Arsenal game all the confusion surrounding that what, what was he going to bring going forward and I think he got a real good reminder of that and why he was tipped as such a bright thing and why he's won so many caps at, at 25 for the Netherlands so yeah I think it's it's encouraging because uh, they've made a few sign-ins and you want to see little glimpses from each of them at this stage you know five six weeks into their careers here new signing and on the other wing Emil Kraft he probably struggled a bit on Saturday he had a big chance in the second half and if he if he scores that it's a completely different game as well to make it 2-2 two, two. 
what have you made of him so far, Lee? Because I think there's been a couple of solid games, there's been a couple of games where he's struggled. What have you made of his impact so far? I think, you know, he's a Scandinavian player coming over, so this, you know, it shouldn't be a hard uh, adjustment, really. Yeah. Obviously, he can speak really good English as well. Um, I, I, I think it's too early to judge him, really, because while, while I say it shouldn't be much of an adjustment for him, um, it will still take a little while anyway for any player coming to a new club. So, and I think he's also getting his family settled. I think his partner's uh, due to give birth soon. So, you've got to you've got to factor all these little things into it. Um, yeah, it was it wasn't a great um, it wasn't a great moment for him when he blazed over in front of the cop. But that's what happens in football. And he's to be fair, he's not he's not really there to, to score the goal. Yeah. It was it's just unfortunate at Norwich, and now at Liverpool he's had those two chances. So. You know, I, I think sort of comes over end of November, de- December time, yeah, I think he will settle in and I think he will go on to be a, a good signing for the club. Going forward, so Yedlin's close to returning. You've got Mankiel, who, who's, who's brought on quite a few times since he started Craft. Who do you think is the best right-wing back option going forward then? Because there's, there's three players there and there's not really too much difference between the three of them. No, that's a very good point. I think we were all a bit surprised given how Mankiw played over pre-season that maybe he he started the first game didn't he, against Arsenal but then was out of the team and he's kind of stuck with Kraft since then which is maybe a bit telling that he yeah. feels he with like with Willems a run of games will only help him and to be fair to Kraft I don't think he's come up against the left hand side quite like that yeah. before you have yeah. Robertson and then Mane I mean that's that's unbelievable <clears throat> of course he's played against PSG and the like but it's a whole different level and I think You've seen that with Swedish players coming over before. You've got Victor Lindelof at Manchester United. At first, he had a really, really tough time and eventually kind of settled down for him. And I, I think they, they fell at five million. Um, you know, it was it was worth taking the punt because they initially were looking at taking him in on loan and they felt that, you know, international experience he had, that he would be a good signing. And it's, as Lee said, it's just a case of having time to come good. But this the problem with the new signs they signed five players in 16 days of the yeah. final weeks of the window and to be fair to them they're all coming in with no Premier League experience about Carroll of course who's injured so you they need time but equally they have to hit the ground running so it's it's a horrible conundrum for them and you're in the eye like they are uh, at Anfield so I think it, it'll be interesting to see against Brighton whether he he sticks with Kraft I don't think he'll be judging him on goals he's judging him yeah. on how he defends <clears throat> Uh, but we know what Ankeo can do and Yedlin you know uh, been out with that groin injury for a while back in training it's probably it'd be asking a lot for him to throw him in straight away he needs some some match fitness doesn't he in terms of defence then the, I feel, watching it on Saturday yes Liverpool did eventually break Newcastle down but the, the bank of three the three centre-halves were, were very solid yet again and I think that particularly Paul Dummett had a very good start of the season defensively we all know how good Fabian Scher has been the sales has been solid as well, but eventually when you've got Lejeune coming back, every time Fernandez has stepped in, he's been brilliant. Mm-hmm. Clearly that's Newcastle's strongest area, but when Lejeune comes back in, is he automatically one of the strongest three? Because last season you'd probably say he was the strongest defender when he was playing. Does he come straight back in? Because Paul Dummett's been magnificent since he's deputised there. I mean, Paul Dummett... Um, <clears throat> You know, he's he just comes in and he gives the usual seven out of ten. I know it gets a lot of uh, flack on social media, but that he is that type of player, so you know what you're gonna get from him. 
Um, but I think every all the sort of central defenders are, you know, have got a job on their hands to to stay in the team yeah. now, and it just increases the competition. I mean, Fabian Sher wasn't at his very best start at the weekend. You know, maybe it was in national break. You know, playing a couple of times, he came off in Newcastle's last game before the break as well. So. I think it's there's places up for grabs still definitely, but um, I think Bruce knows that he can rely on Dummett, um, but Lejeune just gives you a different dimension, doesn't he? So I, I think Lejeune will be in there, and then it'll be a battle between the rest of them to to, to get those other two places. Talking about battle for competition as well, the attacking midfielders behind you that obviously it's been Atsu and Almiron pretty much have a necessity the last few weeks, but when Sam Maximan comes back in. It'll be interesting to see who, who drops out of the team because Almiron hit the ground running last season. I still thought he played quite well at the weekend, but he needs that goal or he needs that like that assist, something that's going to kind of endear him to the fans again because, to be fair to Atsu, since he's come in this season, he's been very good and he's been creating chances. Yeah, another assist as well, wasn't it? Yeah. At the weekend, and you think of Atsu, we don't really necessarily so same with assists he went so long before getting the one um, against Spurs so he's, he's delivering um, I know he's, he's been a bit harsh on himself apologising for losing the ball for the, the second Liverpool goal but you have to say he's been contender for uh, player of the month in the past few weeks um, with Almiron yeah I mean I think there was one run where he took it box to box but he just got burrowed out and closed yeah. out and that's kind of been the story of his season so far going forward I think he does a lot when it comes to running and, and working hard and he's endeared himself to Bruce but as you say you can feel some of the fans getting a bit itchy when it comes to him you know producing that moment and it's ironic because you look at his debut I personally thought you know would he have an issue adjusting to the Premier League physically I don't think personally that's been a big problem but his debut against Huddersfield he's electric yeah. and you kind of thought bloody hell this is something to come and uh, I still think we've seen glimpses of that but you just need that that goal doesn't he um, but yeah I think we're seeing now with the players coming back from fitness that competition is really healthy because as I said you, in terms of game changers from the bench they haven't really had them the past four or five weeks yeah. but you have some maximum coming back um, you know Richie um, Longstaff obviously he's rolled his ankle in training you've got a few players that you realise when this 25 man squad is fully fit which I don't know if it will happen in terms of when is the squad ever fully fit that there are some real options in the 18 and that's what they're going to need going forward yeah. it's strange though isn't it because the MLS he had a brilliant goal scoring record um, caught America in the summer he was, again he was electric there was even total Real Madrid looking at him at one point which seems a bit fanciful but that was kind of the calibre of football he was playing in the summer this weekend then Brighton a high pressure game but uh, with all due respect, a lesser opposition than Liverpool, it's a big chance for him to kind of this this could be his moment to kind of seize the game and really you know answer the critics and do it in a high pressure game when Newcastle need a win. Yeah, I mean the sooner you get to a goal for Newcastle, the better. I mean it's it's stating the obvious in many ways, but yeah. for him, it's it's really important because he has got the price tag. On his shoulders, and it's it's not just the sort of the Newcastle fans who are looking at it. It's you know the wider media will be analysing it very closely, and I mean he he gets people excited in terms of you know when he runs on the ball and all that kind of thing. But he needs to bring goals to his game yeah. as well, and uh, uh, Brighton would be the ideal 
uh, game to do it in because Newcastle obviously need that that much um, much desired home first home win for Steve Bruce and Almira needs a goal so it's it's perfectly set up uh, for him um, Andy Carroll sort of creeping back to into contention uh, Dwight Gale still quite far away at the moment um, but Almira knows uh, he needs to earn his keep and get get something in this game um, because I'd say Carroll slowly coming back and yeah. it's only a matter of time before we see you know the two two big men Joe Linton and Carroll in attack together from the start it's a little we're quite far away from that at the minute but Almiron is uh, he needs to deliver Midfield on Saturday John Joe Shelby got an opportunity as a result of Sean Longstaff's injury in training probably wasn't expecting it you know at the start of the week before that injury happened but he come in he did a decent job he obviously has these usual outrageous attempt from long range which weren't nowhere near but that's what he brings he can bring the spectacular he can frustrate but I actually thought he had a decent game on Saturday what were your thoughts yeah. yeah I thought he there was one crucial tackle he made even yeah. it's not something we still say with him but I think that halfway line shot kind of epitomised the confidence in the team yeah. at the time as bad as it was um, you know they were one nil up and they were looking composed in possession and he, he had a crack and yeah, as you say, we associate that with him. But I think you can see he's someone who's really determined to not only take that chance, but to earn a new deal at the club. Yeah. He said it on record, you know, he knows he's playing for a new contract now and he knows he, he has to work hard and train hard every day. And um, I think you are seeing that from this season, you know, when you look at the data, the, in terms of distance cover, Shelby's right up there. Yeah. Maybe people wouldn't have said that a few years ago. Um, and I think... Again, it's it's another example of decent competition in that department. So, you know, if he's to come in again against Brighton, if Longstaff isn't fit, I don't think Newcastle fans would be be worried. You know, they know he can do something, and they also know he can dig in now, and that's the key going forward for him. And Leah, he's probably always been at his best when he's had a point to prove, Shelby. Throughout his time in Newcastle, you know, you think back to the first game at the Premier League where he got sent off, and then he lost his place in the team. By the end of that season, you'd come back in and there was talk and going to the World Cup. <laughs> that, that, that's kind of the, the extremes of Shelby. He's either yeah. way down low or way up high. Now he's got that point to prove under a new manager. We always know he works hard off the pitch. As much as he has this this kind of you know, this kind of um, demeanour about him, he, ha- he always has put the hard work in off the pitch, particularly in pre-season. But do you think this is where we see the best of Shelby where... He has got a point to prove. He knows that when Longstaff comes back in, he needs to perform during these these games to keep his place in the team. Yeah, I mean, this is the probably the opportunity he's been waiting for. We're still waiting for news on Sean Longstaff, but I think it, if he'd have been fine, then I think you would have had Steve Bruce confirming that on Saturday, and he, and he didn't. So that leads me to think um, Shelby could be you know in line for another start against Brighton. He came back in the team against Brighton last season in the away fixture and he, he did very well that day so hopefully um, he can you know deliver on the big stage it's James that, that he's meant to be a you know big game player this is a huge game in, in Newcastle season when you look at context and uh, he's got to step up and start bringing people in, into the game which is, is what he's, he's so good at you know I yeah. mean the, the shot from the halfway line I mean, he's tried that quite a few times and it hasn't come off. I'd really like to see him knuckle down and, you know, try and get people like Almir on, on the ball, um, try and bring Joe Linton. <coughs> Joe Linton's service hasn't been fantastic so far. Yeah. Um so they need to get
get him involved more and um, Shelby can run a game all by himself if he wants uh, he's got the ability it's just a case of uh, him finding that sort of confidence and that moment to to uh, harness it onto the big stage and he's got that uh, opportunity this weekend as they say he's got that opportunity this weekend and we think back to the last home game against Watford and these right Joe Linton hasn't had the service you know Jurgen Klopp spoke about the qualities he possesses and we've seen how good he is at holding up the ball we've seen when he gets a chance from the goal he can't take it like against Tottenham but the service hasn't quite been there against Watford you would have hoped that Newcastle would have been a bit more on the front foot but with Longstaff with Hayden and with the midfield there just didn't seem to be that kind of creativity there Shelby on his day brings that and he could be key on Saturday against a team where Newcastle really ought to be on the front foot at home against Brighton he could hold the key to you know unleashing Armour on unleashing Jordan and unleashing that too yeah I think as well and also way he, as much as he tried that halfway line thing you weren't seeing too many of the Hollywood ball yeah. attempts he, he seemed quite sensible when he was using the ball I suppose against at home he might be a bit more expansive he'd be encouraged to to ping the ball about more which yeah as you said he's, he's a playmaker that's a big part of his game and that's something they're really going to need on Saturday because I think at Watford in in good ways Joe Linton came deep and the best team moves came from him doing that but yeah, Almiron had those chances and you kind of just need someone else who's able to chip in up front and that's the big question going forward is yeah Joe Linton can come deep but who's going to be on the end of those great team moves and um, I think that'll be interesting to see you know how they how they use him you know is he going to be higher up the pitch yeah. after analysing that that Watford game is he going to play higher up against Brighton or is it going to be a similar story and they hope that Atsu and Amira can be the one to, to chip in ultimately. We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. Just a quick reminder to please subscribe and review to our podcast through iTunes, Spotify or whichever podcast provider you listen through. And how would you, how would you kind of attack that game and Lee? Would you be a bit more expansive against Brighton? I think it's well, getting the balance exactly right yeah. because Brighton are more than capable as, as sad as it sounds to say Brighton are more than capable of coming up Newcastle and turning them over they've done it, be, they've season, done it yeah, before yeah. so a uh, new manager um, I think they got off to a great start didn't that Waffle yeah. at the start of the season so that's what they can do on the road so it's a dangerous it's a dangerous game in a way because the temptation is to get on the front foot and you know really try and um take the game them in the early part I think patience could be the key and uh, I think Newcastle capable of winning it um, but they've just got to be they've got to be sensible because they're carrying a few players who aren't in great form at the minute for me and I think if every if everybody was fit I think some players might find themselves uh, dropped uh, for this game um, at the minute the team's picking itself in, in certain areas and I just think that you know, if, if if Dwight Gale was available, if Andy Carroll was available, I think definitely one of them would be uh, starting the game, uh, you know, without a doubt, and potentially even Almiron, you know, his place could be under threat. Um, and you know, there's there's a couple of others who, you know, would probably be in contention as well. Um, but Steve Bruce is quickly finding out uh, how difficult it can be at Newcastle. In terms of the the game then on Saturday. It's an evening game at St James's Park, and that season you think of the Southampton game, you think of the Liverpool game, 
the atmosphere was absolutely electric and both those games have been like yes Newcastle lost the Liverpool game but it was a brilliant game you get the sense it's not going to be quite like that this time the Watford game the numbers dwindled again we were below 45,000 yeah. and Mark Doyle asks do we have any idea whether the attendance will be lower than that on Saturday given the fact that Brighton probably won't bring that many fans as well and it's on Sky is there a chance that you know last year that was such an asset to have those evening games where people would be on the drink <laughs> all day and you know it's, it's full of sunshine and there was yeah. great atmosphere seeing James as part of the result if there's not as many fans in there it's not going to be quite like that is it that's the fear I think most Premier League clubs would be delighted to have you know 43 44,000 mm-hmm. at a game but when it's St James's and we know on its day what a, a great stadium and a great atmosphere can generate it it has felt weird at home this season yeah. um, going back to the Arsenal game and I think that was the key that I think a lot of people realised it wasn't a one-off protest after that Arsenal game that perhaps it was more worrying when you saw a Watford game on the back of a Tottenham win that amazing performance how the crowd had, had shrunk again and it's the big concern going forward I, I, I don't think it's as much as these fans for me don't have an issue with Steve Bruce it's the regime um, I don't think just simply winning games is going to bring them back yeah. and that is is heartbreaking for me you know you think these fans a lot of them for for their whole lives they followed the team and how unnatural it must feel to not go to St James every second week and I think it, it has had a, an impact on the atmosphere in the game so far and particularly when the team have not had a great start um, you know as we saw against Watford so that is the backdrop they go into effectively already seems a, a absolutely huge game the dreaded six pointer you might say and it's it's obviously not ideal but it's their fan, the fans feel that they have to do and you know you have to respect that definitely and obviously we, we know Lee that the fans are well within their rights to have such strong feelings towards the regime you can understand the fact that they're, they're, they're sick of the Mike Ashley era they're wanting to make a stand which is fine and you know as fellow fans you're going to respect whatever kind of view they take but I mean is it a case now that Newcastle could well be better away from home because you saw on Saturday a 3,000 strong set out away crowd you know really roaring the lads on from the start it's not going to be that St James's part of the season that's just the reality we're going to have to face now is it a case where they're going to be a better team away from home as a result I mean yeah Traditionally, the atmospheres away from home are they're always, they're always better because yeah. everyone's you've got that togetherness, you've got that kind of hardcore support there who come in the ground and everyone who goes in the away game wants to sing and chant all the way through it. Uh, and the fans game remarkable uh, at Anfield, um, as, as you always are, <laughs> despite 25 years without a win. Um, home games, I think the spark has to start on the pitch. I think uh, you look at the the home performances so far. Watford went the goal behind pretty early. Arsenal, you had the, the the boycott sort of feel around the place. Uh, Newcastle get an early goal against Brighton, then I think that could just spark it, and and you know things things can happen. That we've all seen it down there. It's it's a strange thing at St James's Park where one little moment whether it's a tackle or you know a goal or a cross or a chance or anything like that 
can just suddenly like just swing the atmosphere right in Newcastle's uh, favour. And if you ever want an example of it, sit and watch the full ninety minutes against Arsenal, the four four draw, where <laughs> Newcastle absolute absolutely dreadful in the in the first half, four 0 down, and uh, they managed to come out in the second half and turn around, get level and, and almost win it. And that that wasn't a, it wasn't a brilliant team that Newcastle had that that day. You know, there's some decent individuals in it but it wasn't the best team was it it, it was you know Andy Carroll had just gone there, was, there wasn't much of a you know attack uh, but they still managed to do it and that's you know the atmosphere that day was absolutely jumping and I mean to be honest even in that game it's a, it's a very unique game if you look back at it because Alan Pardew was stood in the technical area on his own getting booed he'd only been at the yeah. club a few he'd only been in the club a few weeks and you just thought where's this going to go by the end by the end of that game it was almost like yeah, the whole of Newcastle was going out on the drink to, to celebrate getting a, <laughs> to celebrate getting a point and it was just the greatest example of, of how the atmosphere can flick really quickly at, at St James Park and they need a they need an Arsenal moment um, and they need it soon I think we all had friends that day who left at half time as well. I, know <laughs> I had a couple, but uh, moving on. Hopefully, the you know hopefully that spark does come on Saturday. But it's going to go with another fan question now. Kieran Matt asks: Should we be concerned about the number of injuries sustained since the start of the season? It seems like every match, multiple players are playing through the pain by the end. I'm unsure how long Newcastle can keep the squad fit if this trend continues. Is it a concern because there is a number of players on on the injury table? Mm-hmm. But, They'd already used two substitutions by the time both Fabian Shea and Isaac Hayden were getting treatment on Saturday. Shea come off in the end. How worrying is it? I think it's maybe too early to say. I think some people have you know, suggested it's the Benitez hangover. Yeah. Once Benitez went to suddenly get all these injuries, but it's worth remembering a lot of the, the physios and the fitness aficionados are still there from that era. And it's worth noting that a lot of the players have had impact injuries. So you think of Richie, that awful tackle for Chaudhry. Um, obviously, Lejeune was injured before Bruce came in. Um, Carol, Carol yeah. of course. So I think it's a bit early to say that. Longstaff obviously is a freak injury, rolls his ankle in training. Um, the one you might look at maybe was Sam Maximin, you know, was he pushed a bit too quickly, but they were very conscious of rushing him back. The player himself felt ready. And I think they'll be extra, extra careful with him bringing him back now uh, after that. So I don't think you can link it to the manager, put it that way. But yeah, they've had horrendous luck when you look at a 25 man squad out. They, they've barely been able to put many attackers on the bench yeah. at the moment. And, you know, Gail, again, another one who was injured before Bruce comes in, they, they can't get to the bottom of that. They literally have taken the step of just giving them complete rest, which is pretty unprecedented for a player, isn't it? So. I think it's maybe too early to say, um, but yeah, he really needs that list to, to dwindle in the, the next couple of weeks. I think quite clearly Newcastle will be a lot stronger, as Kieran says there, when once those players come back. So in terms of the players who are injured, I mean, what is the current time scale on those guys? Well, I mean, Andy Carroll has got to get through this week, hasn't he, without any reaction in training, and then I think we'll probably see him on the bench. Um, Dwight Gale, big question mark over that, because... Not, I don't even think the player knows I don't think the manager knows they're just trying to see if something changes uh, with that with injury I mean I was actually there when it when it happened and it was just out of nothing it was they were training in uh, in Nanjing in China and then he came off 
and it's very rare that you get to go behind the scenes of training yeah. uh, but we were there the minute it happened and he knew exactly where it was so it's, whether it's something he had uh, that was niggling away at him last season uh, I don't know but we'll we'll have to wait and see um, how, how long it is you hope he's back soon because you know he's a, he's a great lad and he really wants to do well for Newcastle um, I think he was disappointed that you know he, he didn't get the, the number nine shirt back yeah. um, and that shows you know how passionate he is about you know wanting to do well for Newcastle like he, you know he did enjoy that shirt and uh, he enjoyed scoring the goals you know in his, his first stint here and he's, de- he's de- just desperate to get back out and pull on a black and white shirt so hopefully he's back soon um, it's in maximum I think under pressure really not to to rush him back again yeah. so could be could be another week or so for him um, but again they'll, they'll just not take any risks on that and then uh, the other one's Lejeune isn't it that's, that's like a long term one um, so that'll be in the fullness of time I suppose but Andy Carroll I think we were just talking about moments there weren't we that turned things I mean Andy Carroll stepping off the bench yeah. the Geordie boy coming back second debut at the club he's his huge frame of a man isn't he um, and that that stage is built for a fully fit Andy Carroll so hopefully um, that maybe that could be the moment where, when Andy Carroll comes on and maybe gets a goal or flicks one off for someone else I think everyone's looking forward to seeing him back um, but again I think quietly people are you know just hoping that he doesn't break down yeah. with injury like he has, has in the past um, he's trying to do everything right um, they've been careful with him so far and he's, he's edged his way in he's had the green light by the specialist now so hopefully um, hopefully Saturday night is when we do see him back and he, he can make uh, an impact on the pitch definitely and just in terms of Longstaff and Yedlin as well is there any indication as to when they're going to be I mean, Longstaff, as, as I said before, Steve Bruce was asked in the press conference, um, have you got any time for him for him? And I think if he did, then he would have said he'd be back next week. Um, so I think that's been carefully assessed. I'm pretty sure Sean Longstaff would be devastated by that this has happened. And if it is going to be two or three weeks, um, you know, it's, it's another setback for him, but he, he's bounced back from a lot worse. Uh, in, in previous times uh, Yedlin again is training with the group um, and he comes into that sort of three way battle for, for the right back slot um, would he walk straight back in the team ahead of Kraft I'm, I'm not sure I think he might need some bench time um, and sadly they're out of the League Cup that would have been an opportunity yeah. for him but you just have to wait and bide his time and get that chance but if when he is fit if he gives you anything more than any other player probably in the squad he's got that injection of pace you get him on the ball and he can cause a lot of problems down that, that right hand flank so offensively I think no problems at all with him it's defensively where the question marks yeah. are from one long staff to another Matty Longstaff was, was on the bench on Saturday and warming up in front of the away end and was, was, was very popular among the away end on Saturday Um it, it looked as if at one point that he was going to make his Premier League debut just like Sean did at Anfield last year didn't happen in the end probably because Fabian Cher got injured but with his brother out there's an opportunity there for him maybe for a couple of times from the bench in the next few weeks yeah it's a brilliant story isn't it um, as you say nearly a year on from Sean making his Premier League debut that it could happen to him as well and 
just goes back to that summer where he made such an amazing impact in, in training, let alone the games. So um, I think everyone is, is almost willing him on, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, he's already so popular with the fans and uh, yeah, he's got those qualities Bruce likes and I think he gives them something a little bit different as well. You look at the way Key, Shelby and he are, they're more ball players maybe, or as Matthew Lonsoffer, he likes to get in the tackle and, and get about and thought he did, he did well against Leicester, you know, in the cup and yeah I've no doubt he'll be making his league debut not too not too long in the future we'll just end this then talking about transfers and contracts I mean you've both done stories about how Newcastle are now going to sit down with Steve we're going to sit down with Steve Nixon and start planning for January lead and the story about um, Ronnie Lopez so yeah he's up. yeah I mean he's same for them in the, in the summer but like you know he's won at Newcastle keeping an eye on I think they looked at him a good dozen times last season um, and they, this is it now they're, they're looking at the long term as well and uh, these players can you know have a good season in La Liga or Serie A then they've got every chance of coming here so I think the the talent search will be stepped up definitely in the next sort of few weeks Steve Bruce is meeting with uh, Steve Nixon so hopefully we'll see some activity in January but you know with the squad full some people are gonna to have to go, so there's probably three or four contenders. You could already, you know, probably already doing an article. You know, three or four contenders yeah. who, who could, you know, make way for for new signings, and um, we've probably talked about some of them in this podcast. I think again, that's probably something we can. <laughs> we, 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 Ox. We, yeah, yeah, of course, I. But uh, you know, I mean, that's as Lee says, there is probably three or four people you could probably put out. Probably be a bit harsh to pick them out now but that's yeah. going to become a bit more obvious I suppose in the coming months but contracts wise then we'll, there's, there's talk of Martin Tabrathka wanting to say a new contract there's that kind of 2021 club but there is a glut of yeah, yeah. core players who run out of contract in 2021 Shelby Sportman playing for a new deal there's a few out of contract this summer as well yeah. I mean when would you think we're going to kind of see some action on that in terms of players signing new deals and committing to Steve Bruce's vision for Newcastle you would like to think certainly before the end of the year um, that you'd be a bit worried otherwise but Lee Charlie's been in discussions with the representatives for, for a while now and Bruce is quietly confident the nucleus of the team which I think you can figure out i.e. people like Cher and Hayden Richie uh, Debravka of course that they'll tie them down and for me I think that is as important as what they do in the transfer market uh, next year both in January and the summer because you know had they lost Sean Lonstaff for example in the summer imagine yeah. trying to replace him at short notice um, the, the cost involved as well I think particularly after losing I mean Perez time will tell you know whether that was actually 30 million brilliant or you know if they lost a serious amount of goals there Rondon similar situation albeit he's a lone player but you don't want to lose key players um going for because you've got to send the right message um, particularly to players coming in as well because yeah. you look at someone like Hayden when Benitez goes he's looking around wondering you know what direction is the club going to go in and he's heartened by what they've done the transfer market he's obviously welcomed the chance to link up with Bruce again and that's encouraging you know if you can tie him down we know what a huge player he is so there are a lot of leaders there are a lot of key players that I think it'd be really really good news if they can tie them down just, uh, just to finish them, the, as Kieran touched on there, you know, a lot of players have come out and said they enjoy Steve Bruce, they've enjoyed working with him. 
that will be kind of a, a kind of a bit a big message and a big boost for him if those players, as he touched on there, Hayden, Shelby, the players who have come out and said we were really enjoying working under the gaffer, if they then actually put the proof to the pudding and kind of sign that new contract. Well, signing a new contract is is definitely one thing, um, but it's all right saying we love working for the manager. You've got to go out and do on the pitch yeah. as well, and they've got to get, they've got to back up what they're saying with wins because that that's the best way of doing it. Um, I think at times Rafa Benitez, some of the players probably you know didn't like him in terms of personality. There's no doubt about it. You know the likes of John Joe Shelby had run-ins, Matt Ritchie had had potential run-ins, and on the pitch that that seemed to motivate them. Um, I think Steve Gerrard spoke about it in his book, hasn't he, yeah. when he's saying. That Rafa would hardly even talk to him, or he would take him off. You know when he'd, he was on a hat rick and things like that, and just keep him hungry and, and that different ways of motivating him. Steve Bruce is a bit tries to play a bit more of a father figure, and I think after the Tottenham game, he's seen when they were coming off the pitch, he had a, a, an individual word to say for each player, and he's doing it a different way. Um, so we'll we'll see what uh, we'll see how it pans out over the course of the season. I think it'll. I think Newcastle will be fine. I think Steve Bruce will do a steady job. Our dealings with him so far have been really positive. Uh, I think when he come in, I think there's a lot of eyebrows raised and, and question marks on, on what, what is this going to be like. But I think his media sort of sessions have been really open. He's been, you know, he's got a few stories from his playing career, um, which, which keep it entertaining. And I think also he is. It, He's got that that wealth of experience in the northeast, you know, from from being up from up here, and he knows the area, so he can just um, go up with scouts, Paul Baker, and Mick Tate, who've got the Walls End Boys Club connection, and uh, he knows the grassroots area, so it bodes well. But it's it, even he said it, it is it's all driven by results, and they need some uh, they need a couple of wins pretty quickly. Yeah, just to finish on that, then Kieran. He obviously does need results, but it, that's probably testament to him, isn't it? He's made such an impression on on you guys as the press pack and the way he's dealt with everything that's come his way. Don't know what he's been like. I mean, he's been horrible. <laughs> 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 I mean, I mean, we've had conversations on the last night. That's not true, Kieran. Before uh, people say, "Oh, Steve Bruce, Kieran Kelly," but um, yeah, he, you know, he has dealt with everything brilliantly, and you know, even even on Saturday with Liverpool fans giving him some sticky, embraced that, and yeah. He seems to be, you know, loving the the challenge, and as Lee says now, it's all just a case of he probably has kind of the way he's dealt with everything with such dignity. He probably has won over a lot of his detractors. It's now a case of, you know, we're, we're getting to the nitty gritty now and start getting the results from Newcastle. Yeah, I think we all knew he wasn't going to get a honeymoon period, which most new managers are afforded. So that pressure is immense when, as we've said, you're playing Arsenal, Spurs, and they're pulling your first few and. I think, as, as we touched on, the Spurs game was huge for him. I think that changed a few opinions, and it's just building on that now. Um, for me, they they need that result against Brighton, because that just keeps it afloat, as it were, and you, you go into the Leicester-Manchester United games, then anything from those maybe a bonus, obviously. I'm sure they'll put up a good fight and potentially get points there. But, yeah, I think, as we say, he just needs, needs to keep that kind of run a form going and get another win on the board as, as quickly as possible. Okay, well thanks for joining us today guys. We'll bring that to a close there. 
Um, stick with us in Chronicle Live. We'll be bringing you all the latest Newcastle-United news, and we'll be back there in the week with a podcast looking ahead in more detail to that Brighton game. But thanks again for joining us. We'll see you soon.